Now to a couple of local history sleuths who've put a long-forgotten Queensland town back on the map after one of them found it under a cactus, sort of. The town of Dolbadilla was at its peak in the 1880s when it housed uh, the workers who built Queensland's Western Rail Line. In its prime, Dolbadilla had about 500 residents, a post office, a school and 8 to 10 pubs. But when the rail work was finished, the workers moved on and Dolbadilla was gradually reclaimed by by the Western Queensland scrub and any remaining signs of the town all but disappeared. But a few years ago, enthusiastic local historian Jane Wilson from what's now the Maranoa Shire uh, teamed up with another longtime local, Billy Hughes, and the rest, as they say, is amateur local history. Through their persistence, Jane and Billy have put Dalbadilla back on the map, identifying a historical cemetery that was obscured by said cactus, and they've also developed a timeline of the town. And I'm very delighted to say that Jane Wilson and Billy Hughes are with us on the phone from the Maranoa Shire in southwest Queensland, I believe, sharing one phone. So whoever's got the phone, hello to you. Hello. G'day, Jane. How are you? Um, firstly, could you tell us uh, a little bit about where um, Dalbadilla is and what you would have seen there before the work that you and Billy did? Um. Dolby Dillo is 620k southwest of Brisbane. Um, when Billy has been involved um, with the site a lot earlier than what I was, mm. he was the one that found it when it was covered in a guavi, which is a, a fleshy plant. Um, and he con- contacted the stock routes, um, the Queensland stock routes, and got them to clear this clear the area. Um, it was known that there was one grave there with railings from a bed around it, um, and that was the one that originally they that ensured that they knew that they were at the actual cemetery site. Jane, how did you uh, get involved in this work with Dalbadilla? Um, uh, how did you come across Billy? How I came across Billy was I was... Um, Looking, I was going into my own family history and I went to the Roma History Lodge in Roma and they have a fairly extensive local history um, information. And I actually just happened to see a blackened photocopy of a, a um, document that was called Lone Graves in the Baringa Shire by Billy Hughes. And I picked the document up and in there was a, a um, photograph of men head first into this cactus, I call it a cactus patch with people Guavi, and they he and his couple of his friends uh, were looking for the little cemetery. And then I went and I thought, oh, this looks interesting. So I went to locate Billy um, and I eventually found that he and his wife, Mary, um, lived quite close to my home. Um, and I think it's fair to say that we've developed a firm friendship and we particularly enjoy conversation and going looking for uh, Lone graves. Yeah, indeed, and you've and you've done some great work from it. I mean, finding Billy himself was a would have taken a bit of detective work. From the photo, you wouldn't really know what he looks like because he's got his back to the camera. Um, so there's a bit of work involved there. I wonder, Jane, if you could put us on uh, to yep. Billy because I'd I'd love to hear uh, how that photo came about and how Billy got interested in tracking down these um, lost graves. Yeah, uh, morning. Uh, I uh, I started work when I was 14 
I went as a carpenter and I travelled all over the Shire doing small jobs on stations, uh, which I enjoyed. Eventually I left and uh, I was up at uh, Mount Moffat in the Carnarvon Ranges. I'd come back on the coach and that took uh, two days to come home. Uh, I got dropped off at home, kissed me mother, walked down and on the way up I got a job working on the Beringa Shire and they were pleased to see somebody who could do a bit of building work. So that's how it happened. About two years later, I went truck driving on the Shire and uh, the road towards uh, Charleville, there was no bitumen then and they were building a new bitumen road through there and I was actually carting loam near the cemetery, which we didn't really know about, only could see the cactus and then the grazier come down from next door with the boss of the job and said, don't go any closer to that cemetery there. There's people buried in there. So you can see at, uh, when you go back there where we stopped. And, and so that's how I knew the cemetery was there. Uh, about 30 years later, uh, I got a job there as a foreman uh, and we had to widen the bitumen and we worked around there for a fair while. By then people were starting to get worried about bush graves in the Beringa Shire hmm. and uh, I was approached by three ladies uh, at the Bowls Club in Mitchell one night and they said, Bill, we want to go ahead and record these graves. Uh, seeing you probably know more about the country than most people around here, would you be able to do the jobs? So I met them uh, a few days later and said I would do it. And I said, if you give me a ute and some petrol, I'll go around on weekends. Uh, I wasn't expecting to find as many as I found. But, so that was in about 2000 uh, when I started to look for bush graves. And... It just went on from there, and as we are still finding some today. So how many have you found so far, Billy? Uh, I'm, I sort of gave up counting when I got to 100. It wasn't oh. any point. Say between 100 and 150, something like that, you know. Amazing. I must say it's been a, a really nice job. And when I found these uh, graves and I thought I'd found them all, uh, then these ladies come along. And they said, well, Bill, you've found them all. you better go around and fence them. So uh, I said, well, this is going to be a big job. And so away I went. I got two blokes from the council. One was a welder and one was a real handyman. And we designed them and we used to, I used to cut them up. We used steel post, uh, 14 in fact. And then when we got some, we'd go out and uh, put them in the council, the Baringa Shire Council, actually gave us a grant, which helped a lot, you know, because we had mm, far. Mm. Obviously, yeah, really a really big project on Sunday Extra. We're speaking with Jane Wilson and Billy Hughes about the work that they've done discovering unmarked graves in the Maranoa Shire and indeed sort of rehabilitating the uh, the ghost town of Dalbadilla. Jane, could you tell us a little bit of the story of Dalbadilla and what you've learnt about it through your research? Um, Dalbadilla was a 
a railway camp. Um, if I could read just a little bit from my, um, there used to be uh, people that used to travel and write about their travels, and this one was written in 1886, and it describes Dolby Dilla. It is simply a galvanised iron camp eked out with sheets of bark, gin cases, kerosene tins and fragments of bullock hides, of which six months hence not a vestige will remain but empty tins. Um, one peculiarity of the place is the various signboards, evidently all achieved by the same master hand. They've all been done with the first letter of each word in red and the remainder in black and must have been painted in watercolour as all the colours have blended. There are five general stores. Um, there was a hairdresser and a newsagent, but he was permanently closed. There was butchers. Um, there was... Um, a Chinese gardener who was struggling to make ends meet and the predominant thing that came through in everything that has been written of Dolby Dilla was the lack of um, a good supply of water. Indeed, but it sounds like no, no lack of good supply of beer with eight to ten pubs there. And you did a bit of work into the original publican, the, the, the person who started the pub before the other um, ten blow-ins came to Talbadilla. What did you find out about the, uh, the publican, Jane? Um, John McKenzie was, John McKenzie wasn't the original publican. There was a couple before him, but John McKenzie took up um, the Travellers Rest Hotel, which was a Cobb Co way station. So that was where the Cobb Co coach would stop and change its horses and let people have a good, um, to have a meal and a drink. Um, John McKenzie was known, his pub was always known to have um, good, good food and um, good alcohol so it wasn't watered down or anything like that. Um, and he was there, he, he lived there for many, many years and he was the one that donated 10 acres for the cemetery that, that we've spent the time on um, finding out who the, who's buried in that cemetery. Yeah, yeah, because you, you've really done done the work of exactly finding the history of the people buried there and what used to be just sort of a bit of scrub by the roadside is now marked out as a historical cemetery. Jane, could you tell us about the, the out, Outback Grave Markers project and um, the plaques that have been provided to the historical cemetery at Dalbadilla now? We, when we actually, when we started doing a Dalbadilla and eventually... Um, from local stuff and from other, the information that other people had collated over the years, we knew there was about 20 graves there. Um, so then I've, I've spent the time doing research um, and eventually we came up with that there is 18. Um, and we then looked at how to to mark these graves. And initially we came up with, do we put a signboard up and put their names on it? What do we do? And my husband actually came up with the idea of putting little concrete plinths in yeah and putting a, a, a plaque on them so that it, it actually looked like a cemetery. Um, and when I did um, investigations into it, I found a group in uh, Western Australia called Outback Grave Markers, and they're an organisation run by volunteers, um, and they're dedicated to preserving pioneer graves and the outback history in Australia. So it sort of fitted exactly what I wanted. Um, I had the privilege of going over and meeting with them um, and to date in their state, they've been going a lot longer than we have. To date, they've produced just over 2,000 plaques and have placed over 1,000 in situ all over Western Australia. 
Um, they receive funding support from four regional councils uh, for over a period of years to mark the Shire's lone graves and unmarked graves in their cemetery. Um, as, as this has been recognised, that you know people are interested in their, in their family history. Hmm. Um, and, and there was a bit of a ceremony, I understand, to sort of mark the opening of the historical cemetery. Uh, Billy Hughes, you must have been uh, very proud when that happened. Yeah, you sort of, after a long time, I was beginning to think, will we ever get something done? Because each time I went out to Mitchell, people would say something about the, something should be done with the grave and uh, the cemetery. And eventually, uh, Jane and I went out there and had a look and it was decided that something would be done with a lot of help from people. And when we were there, you know, you sort of got a lot of history. Some of those you find out after a while that are buried there, which I didn't know at the time. Uh, They were friends of our families, uh, relations of some of our friends, so that, that was Absolutely. Good. And look, unfortunately, uh, it's coming up to news time, so we're going to have to leave it there. But uh, Jane Wilson and Billy Hughes, thanks so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra and congratulations on the excellent local history work that you've both done. Thank you. And, yes, the uh, the new town that's back on the map is Dal Badilla and there's a good ABC News article about it as well. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.